What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Coming up on podcast 1642, a report today says the Tesla Cybertruck is delayed mass production by another 12 months. Stick around and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, the Ford Mustang Mach-E prices get slashed in China. Why the European Union is asking the US for the same treatment as they give Canada and Mexico in terms of subsidies and are drivers being put off by the rising cost of energy bills? And we'll have a look at the numbers to work out if driving an EV is still cheap. Ish. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening, watching around the world. It's EV News Daily, uh, your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 2nd of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Well, thank you very much to the sponsor of the podcast this month and Charge. This week, they have a high-level reward on Ionity Chargers. You answer five quick questions at the charge location. If you're Ionity, you earn rewards and stack those up. You can get money to spend at Amazon or even £5 Octopus Electric Universe charging vouchers for any challenge you solve at Ionity. Even if the charger is working perfectly, you haven't got to just report a fault and complete the challenge. Get the rewards, download the And Charge app now. And welcome to a new premium partner of the podcast on Patreon. It's always amazing to have a new top-level sponsor. Uh, it really is quite humbling, actually, that people uh, support this show. Thank you. Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Thank you so much, Lease Plan, for signing up to be a top-level sponsor. All right, into the podcast today, and Tesla's Cybertruck is going to start mass production at the end of 2023. According to a Reuters report, citing sources, but unnamed sources familiar with the matter, that puts the Cybertruck two years behind when we first should have seen it. We'll talk about where that puts the Cybertruck in terms of the truck market in the US. And also, does it really matter? Well, having a look at this Reuters story, they say that Tesla is aiming to start mass production at the end of 2023. That's 12 months away, two years after the initial target of when Elon Musk unveiled it in 2019 with people, uh, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Early production will start the middle of 2023, according to the earnings call recently, whatever early production means. Tesla wouldn't be recording any meaningful revenue until Q1 2024, which has got some people rattled and worried. And I think unless you have a Cybertruck order in and you're desperate for the truck, that doesn't really affect anybody this news. Tesla have plenty on their plate. They might do 1.5 million electric vehicles this year. They're heading towards 2 million plus next year as they try and work out all of the issues at Berlin, which is ramping slower. Austin, obviously 
Shanghai has recently been expanded. We'll get onto that with more Tesla news later in the podcast today. But is it really a problem that the Cybertruck is delayed? Well, if you want one, then yes. But the truck market in the US has already been invigorated by the likes of the Ford F-150 Lightning and the Rivian Hummer to an extent, not many of those around, but also the Silverado is coming. We keep seeing Ram um, rumors are ahead of the official unveiling this month in November. So the truck market, when Cybertruck arrives, will already be quite established. Will people cancel orders? Ultimately, like I say, I've got no skin in the game. I don't hold Tesla stock. And, uh, and does it really matter? No, I don't think so. I'd rather it arrived well than poorly early. Hey, like I say, if you got your order in, I can see why that would be frustrating because it seems like they're close. Like I've told you on the podcast before uh, that Idra, who are the company making uh, the Giga Press to make the Cybertruck, uh, already posted on LinkedIn a little while ago, packed and ready to go, hashtag Giga Press, hashtag 9,000 tons, hashtag diecasting. And on YouTube more recently as well, they posted a video of it being packed up, a couple of minutes long, interesting to watch. We've seen reports of that Giga Press in port at Houston, and then those flyover shots of the Giga Factory in Austin with it arriving so and waiting to be installed. Uh, they say that Idra is the first company worldwide that has Gigapress solutions, already producing parts for the automotive body and white sector. Uh, today, Idra produces the largest machines in the world, up to 9,000 tonne die-casting machines used to accelerate the global move to electric vehicles, which does sound awfully like the mission statement of a, a certain car company. So there's no doubt these are headed for uh, Austin and... We'll wait and see what happens with the Cybertruck. Like I said, this is not particularly material or meaningful to me. And perhaps, if I was being a little unfair and unkind, you would say that these days timelines at Tesla don't mean anything anyway because they can unveil roadsters and semi-trucks and Tesla Cybertrucks and, you know, they'll arrive when they arrive, right? So I get the people who get frustrated because they haven't got their vehicle. I get the frustration of people who th- felt that they were just making up technology and a product roadmap to pump stock and... I don't get involved in all that side of it, uh, but I appreciate it. Now, let's talk a little bit about Ford next and the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Prices have been slashed, says the headline in Ford Authority. I mean, they're down a bit, I must admit, between two and $3,000 equivalent. This is the Ford Mustang Mach-E, which is made in China, according to this Ford Authority report. Now starts between um, $35,000 and $50,000. The price reductions have been across the board. between It's between three dollars and $4,000 equivalent. They're currently aiming to ramp production in Mexico of the Ford Mustang Mach-E, certainly of the one that I would be able to get here. And that is up to... Well, the report says 600000 annually by 2024. Mustang Mach-E is, is a car that kind of eludes me a little bit. because It's too expensive for me to go and buy one, to run one for three or six months and have in the driveway. And yet I see lots around and just I don't know anybody that owns one or I talk about them. So it's one of those vehicles that I kind of appreciate on a certain level. But I think maybe I need to borrow one or something and spend a week or two inside one to really get to know, get to know that car. Next in the news, Hitachi Astemo is going to supply Nissan with their motors. They also supply Honda, by the way. This report from Electrive.com saying that Hitachi's been selected to supply EV motors and inverters for Nissan's future EVs. They write the automotive supplier will supply components to JATCO. They are a systems 
integrator. They'll be integrating the e-axles for future Nissan models, but we don't know which ones yet. Uh, Hitachi only announced in September. They're making e-axles for Honda's medium and large battery electric vehicles from 2026. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because I was watching the, uh, the Lucid videos again recently. If you haven't seen them, you like tech talks, then Lucid have got a lovely series on YouTube where they talk about their motors, the magnets, the windings. It's over an hour, but it like went like that for me. Really fascinating. Explain it so well. They talk about how they design their motors. Of course, they've got a motorsport heritage anyway at Lucid. And then you read about other car companies that are just buying in a supply because... I mean, Nissan are a different scale to Lucid. I get that. Um, it's interesting to see how different car companies go about it a different way, like Tesla making their own technology, Lucid making their own technology, others buying it in. Obviously, Nissan, you know, very closely involved, but to an extent off the shelf. And to see that different approach to building EVs using different suppliers for different parts. I'm not saying that's good or bad, uh, by the way. If you look at uh, the the Hummer recall recently, where there was water ingress into, I think they found it in three battery packs in the Hummers, two customer cars, one on the proving ground they've got. That was because of the battery casing, which they don't even make. That's from one of their suppliers. So again, you know, it's hard to kind of pick out like what's the best way to do things. Everyone will do it in their own way, but it's just interesting to talk about, isn't it? Right. The European Union are asking the United States for the same EV treatment as Canada and Mexico. The Inflation Reduction Act will give up to $7,500 for electric vehicle purchase, up to 40000 for commercial vehicles. That doesn't get talked about enough, by the way. But uh, for commercial vehicle purchases, first of all, the vehicle must be assembled in the in North America so big news for Canada and also certain battery proportions can't be Chinese uh, there's other wordings that are more specific but that's effectively what it means and the EU are saying well hang on a minute we give very very generous subsidies places like uh, Germany France for your American-made Teslas and so you would like those to continue well we can do that but we need not to be locked out of the Inflation Reduction Act. What the US can do, I don't know. It's been signed into law, but I'm sure there might be some wiggle, wiggle room somewhere. Obviously, the Korean companies equally are very upset. Hyundai, Kia saying, hang on a minute, we're going to lose, our customers will lose any access to those, those tax credits. I understand it. I also get that the US very quickly needs to develop their own supply chain and not be in China's you know, at their mercy, if you like, where, you know, look at, on yesterday's podcast, we're talking about lithium and 90% of it is done um, in places like China, uh, 1% of the processing done in North America. So, yeah, they something needs a jolt, but I understand why the EU go, hang on, this is anti-competitive, but we'll see where that goes. Now, the next... E-Class from Mercedes, beautiful cars, by the way, will be the last combustion models based on their own platform, according to a German report from a German media outlet, which, I, uh, yes, I have run through Google Translate, so always be careful when I when I do this. Uh, but the E-Class from Mercedes-Benz, the final combustion platform launched next year. As things stand today, the E-Class and its derivatives will be the last one on a pure combustion platform. The new ones to look out for, the MBEA platform, Platform. That's a pure electric platform for midsize and large passenger cars. And that's going to be the basis of their pure BEVs going forward. There's also going to be an AMG version and there'll be a version for light commercial vehicles and vans as well. 
regarding Mercedes' investment in fuel cells. Uh, we do have a statement here from them. Uh, Mercedes-Benz saying that there are considerable disadvantages to using hydrogen in terms of unit costs, energy efficiency, and the space required for the tanks. They say this technology makes sense for trucks on the long haul, but for passenger cars, we are fully focused on battery electric vehicles. So that's VW, that's Mercedes-Benz, uh, BMW. Still haven't given up on it. They're still throwing good money after bad. Then, of course, you've got the, the likes of the Japanese uh, who just love the idea of hydrogen for passenger cars. Not going to happen, my friends. You keep spending that money. No one's building a filling station network for you, which is what they want. Uh, no one's paying for that. So, yeah, passenger cars will be pure electric. That's just the way that it's going. Um, argue amongst yourselves. But, uh, for yeah, for trucking, commercial, aviation, marine uh, hydrogen might have a place, as long as we make it right. Now, uh, let's talk Mazda. No, let's take a quick break. Then, when we come back, we will talk a little bit about uh, Mazda. Next, we'll talk about Tesla sending workers from China to California to help fix some problems. And uh, the new Volvo EX90 gets uh, unveiled soon. We'll tell you what we know. Stick around. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, so let's talk about Mazda revealing plans for the future. There's going to be, in November, Mazda say an updated roadmap, a long-term technological plan for the business. And you might be thinking, amazing, they're going EV. They've realized the error of their ways. The Mazda MX-30 was a woeful vehicle, had far too little range. It just scraped over 99 miles in the US on the EPA, which is nothing more than a second or third car, really, for many people. And it looks quite good, but uh, but technologically. Uh, and they said, oh, no, we're trying to save the planet. So we put a really small battery in it. Yeah, that'll be what you're doing, Mazda. Uh, so that is a car that don't waste your money on. But um, in my opinion, if you've got one, sorry, I'm sure it's a very nice car to be inside, uh, fully charged. Robert Llewellyn from Fully Charged gave it a glowing review the first time he drove it. He loved that vehicle. Uh, I think it's a terrible car, but uh, hey, that's just me. I'm often wrong. And uh, woefully, woefully small batteries. And Mazda have no plan for electrification. They're going to unveil new CX-70, CX-90, future SUVs. They're investing in combustion, bada, bada, bada. Um, they're looking at a 25% share of their vehicles, maximum electrified by the end of the decade. Other car companies like Mercedes-Benz are going to be 50%. We've just talked about them just now by 2030. Others going even higher. And Mazda still 
still uh, trying to steer away from electric vehicles. Bless you, Mazda. Uh, we'll wait. We'll come back in 2030 and, and see where you are now. Mitsubishi are next in the news and unveiling their plug-in hybrid is going to be on sale in November in America and uh, in North America, really. So Canada and, and, and the US gets it in November. Uh, Puerto Rico get it in December. This is the vehicle that's been on sale since this time last year, actually, in Japan. Japan's number one selling plug-in hybrid, and it's been on sale for uh, forever. Uh, what does it say here? December 10 years ago? No, 2013. 2013, that, uh, uh, around this time, uh, nine years ago, that car went on sale. Plug-in hybrid that has done a ton of sales, 310,000 units sold globally over the past uh, nine years. And it's, it's a pretty decent, pretty decent plug-in. Uh, Mitsubishi have pulled out of the UK, so... Uh, will not be here. Right, Tesla is sending its Shanghai Gigafactory workers to California to boost the factory, according to a Bloomberg report uh, that we have here, in particular paying attention to automation and control engineers. 200 people are going to head to California from Shanghai on three-month secondments at a time uh, to try and uh, you know light a fire underneath that, uh, that facility, which is really interesting because Giga Shanghai just went through an upgrade of their first plant that was outside the US, only been open a couple of years, and they're already upgraded it to an annual run rate of about a million vehicles there. They made 83-odd thousand. Uh, I've got the number somewhere in my notes, but I forget. About 83,000 vehicles uh, last month. Or maybe that was September, I'm thinking, because October's numbers won't be out uh, that I've seen anyway. Uh, 343, maybe 344,000 cars produced uh, worldwide that is uh, last quarter and uh, this quarter should be should be higher depending on supply chains and and glitches like that so interesting that that uh, Elon Musk has been full of praise for his Chinese colleagues over the years and interesting that they're sharing the knowledge why wouldn't you share the knowledge if there's things that can be learned it's, it's not nothing to be ashamed of if you worked at, at the Fremont facility you know um, if if a company has a global footprint, people often fly around the world. All big companies. So I don't, there's nothing more to make of that story than than what it is. Now, Tesla is dominating electric car registrations in Australia, up 118%. We've just got the numbers out for ending 31st of January, which seems a long time ago. Uh, but 118% increase year on year from 2020 to 2021. Let's try and bring it a bit more up to date. And if we look at the last quarter, uh, the VFAC sales data. No, it's not even the last quarter. It's January to September. Uh, shows that uh, Tesla have already exceeded the previous year's sales. 14,000 deliveries of Teslas down under. They seem to like their, uh, their Teslas in Australia. That's great news. Now... Let's look at the Zika 009. Zika is a brand that's only a year or two old, owned by Geely, the likes of Polestar and Volvo, etc. And the Zika 009 is a six-seater people carrier, shuttle, airport run, hotel, that kind of stuff, or big families if you need to move six people around. They say 511 miles of range, but let's try and work out the numbers on that because, you know, China. So it's going to have a 140 kilowatt hour battery pack in that, and it's would do, what do you think? Well, say two and a half miles per kilowatt hour. So that's maybe going to have maybe a 300 to 350, maybe it's three miles per kilowatt hour uh, range, which is still really, really good. It probably won't be 510, 511 miles in the real range. This thing is full of luxury. 
six captains, chairs. Everyone's got their own screens. Everyone's uh, got the ability to communicate in the cabin with speakers and microphones built into the cabin. So you haven't got to shout if you're in the third row to someone driving. These chairs are designed by aerospace experts. It has a, a new battery that they've designed allied to two motors, so it's all-wheel drive. 536 horsepower in a people carrier seems overkill. Less than four and a half seconds, not to 62 miles an hour. And priced between 60 and 70,000 pounds a dollars equivalent. And it's got full of tech, like I say, air suspension, self-leveling, electromagnetic vibration reduction. So it's got all the toys. They also say it's got the largest one-piece die-car structure of any production car in the world. There you go. Have some of that. Sliding rear doors. And actually, as much as I say it's, it's, it's a Chinese company, it's Zika, this is designed. Obviously, they've got their Polestar and Volvo division. This is designed in Gothenburg. It's a Swedish vehicle. Designed in Europe, made in China. Sold, well, for now in China. But if you get one, would you have one of these? Do you care where it's made? That's interesting. Hey, let's stay with that company, by the way, the Volvo EX90. They've been talking about that on Motor Trend. Uh, having a look at some of the quotes I can pull from that. Motor Trend say we talked to the head of design, exterior design, T. John Mayer, uh, saying that the need for engine bay, transmission tunnel, front grills, all gone. So... The EX90 can be designed. They'll want to keep it looking like the XC90, but an EV version of that, they say. The proportions were top of mind. They felt like vehicles like the Mercedes-Benz EQS got it a bit wrong, the proportions wrong. I'd agree with that, actually. And so they're very pleased with how the proportions of the, the vehicle fit together. Flush door handles, trying to make it as aero as possible. This is still a bit of a tank heading through the air, though, so it won't be the most aero in the world. Lots of glass, they say, the highest glass-to-sheet metal ratio of any vehicle that they've made. And it's got LiDAR integrated, full of full of sensors. And the LiDAR sits like a little hat, like a little eyebrow. There's only one of them. It's in the middle. So it'd be a monobrow. Got a little monobrow LiDAR sensor. Actually, it's quite big. What are the dimensions of this? I did write it down. Yeah, 18 inches wide and two inches tall. So there's no way of disguising that. But Volvo think that putting the LiDAR sensor up there is the best way to take safety to a new level. And it's Volvo, safest cars in the world, right? That's what they want people to think. So uh, full of sensors, this vehicle. I think it also looks really stunning. And the little pictures we've got, November, we'll see a full a full look. Now, a report coming out of the UK's This Is Money website says that 7 in 10 drivers are put off EVs by the current rise of energy bills. But let's look at the data behind it. This was the AA. They surveyed 12,500 motorists. 3% of them were already EV owners. So that's about right. It's not far off if you look at the car park. Uh, it's low for new car buyers, but existing car owners, it's not a million miles away. And they're saying that the high price of energy is putting them off. But let's look into that. Well, Transport and Energy, the organisation recently had a look at the numbers across Europe. The average EU household is paying 72% more for their electricity than they were three months ago. Certainly here in the UK, we've seen huge price rises over the last three and six months as well. At the pumps, petrol and diesel hasn't seen that, even though it's refined using electricity because of government subsidies in many, many European countries to keep the price at the pump low. They know that there'd be an outcry. It's a vote loser if fuels get too expensive. And so uh, t and &E analysed household electricity prices in big EU capitals, and they showed that if you have a vehicle 
petrol versus diesel versus electric driving 100 kilometers with the average EV in September of this year, it would cost you on average across the EU €6.50, say £6.50 for price parity. That's about that's about right. In fact, it would be even less for me. So I'm on an overnight tariff, Octopus uh, Energy. I'm on Go Faster from 9.30pm in the evening. That's 5.5p. That will go up my, when my fix ends in January. So I think maybe 12p it's going up to. I need to double check that. But even so, five and a half pence per kilowatt hour. And I often fully charge the mighty, mighty MG. Uh, not fully charged, 80 or 90% uh, most nights. We just dribble in what we've used that day. In the summer, and the cars at home, we'd be using excess solar. But this time of year, there's not too much sunshine around. So we just charge it up at 9.30 to get to where we need to get to uh, the, the next day. And it costs me pennies. And so that is still the case. Now, if you are unable to charge at home, and you charge solely on DC fast chargers, shell recharge, Ionity, etc., then it's going to get expensive, and it's not going to be wildly cheaper than petrol at the moment. Now, uh, let's move on and have a quick look at a couple of stories. Uh, the Chinese Aura Lightning Cat has been officially launched. Uh, take a look at this. Uh, the back end looks very Porsche-like, doesn't it? It's going to have uh, either single motor or dual motor versions, uh, 300 kilowatts of power for the dual motor, uh, doing between 555 kilometers and 600 kilometers, they say. But again, it's the Chinese estimates, so careful, that's not real world range. And the smaller battery versions are LFP. The bigger ones are ternary batteries, uh, which is pretty common anyway uh, for Chinese EVs. And it's now officially launched as of yesterday in China. No idea yet of what countries it'll be exported to. Finally, I love stories like this. What a great way to end. The largest electric bus depot in the world has been unveiled in Qatar ahead of the uh, the World Cup of uh, football, which is what the sport should be called, is uh, unveiled. It's going to uh, be it's 400,000 square metres. It's got space for 478 electric buses to all charge at once. There's a 1,000 e-buses heading to Qatar. That order was signed November 2020. Not the biggest in the world. If you look at places like Shenzhen in China, that story's really old, and that's like two or three years old, that story where Shenzhen went with all 16,000 of their public buses, pure electric, and shortly followed by all of their public vehicles, taxis as well. So I love the stories on this podcast of, hey, so-and-so town or city or region has bought 10, 20, 30 e-buses. But yes, we are still fannying around at the edges because we need to be talking in thousands and tens of thousands like Chinese cities do. And that's your podcast for today. Thank you very much to all of the premium partners of the podcast, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, Global Public Charging made simple with one app and one map, Millbrook Cottages where you can get five star luxury cottages in Devon, booked online and charge your EV while you're there. And now Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.